building my name Okay, it's time to pass that crown If I called you my friend and I mean it I ain't gonna say that word too much Never was a follow Fuck is good, everyone Welcome back to Smoking from the Sidelines Today, I am not with Kenny It's just me, your boy, and Alexis right here on the left side What's up? What's good, everyone? Thank you for uh, listening to the podcast Thank you for joining in If you haven't already, go subscribe, all that bullshit But today, we're gonna talk about UFC Fight Night It was Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker The card is actually... It's pretty good for not having a lot of notable names. It was okay. Like, it wasn't the most spectacular thing. If you weren't a hardcore fan, I don't think you would have enjoyed it too much. But we'll kick it off with, um, oh, actually, I just came back last week. It was my birthday. We ended up going to UFC 266. We went to go watch Ortega versus Wolkanovski. The card was a fucking banger, bro. I don't know if you didn't watch the whole card, but it was really good, dude. Honestly, like, for to be there at the event was unreal just itself like being there with all the friends that we watched the card with you know and then to see the fighters like actually like like just to see their actual performance like how they move and how how different it is in like in person rather than seeing it in like tv you know what i mean because you see so many different things on tv like you get to see how they strike like how how much it hurts them and you get to see every little thing they say with their coaches and things like that so it was a whole different experience just watching it like that. And one of the coolest things that I saw, or at least that I enjoyed about the whole show was they had like a microphone on the stage. Like so, uh, on the, like on the ring, I mean. So like the mat or something must have been microphone because literally whenever someone would fall, a big strike would happen, you'd hear doom, doom, like yeah, the whole thing. That was going to be one of my questions right now, that if you were able to hear the strikes hating each other, like... Yeah during the during the fights while you were there yeah but you'd be surprised like they land a big shot and all you hear is like doom like like uh, the whole literally it would echo around and i think that would make people even go, like more excited be like oh shit like what the fuck just happened right now you know because it would be like i mean honestly too though the card itself like the whole, the whole way through was full of finishes and full of bangers like all good fights that were like either contenders coming up or like new upcoming prospects that are looking really good right now you know what i mean uh, just like notable fights that I really liked was the Chris Dawkins one. He got the finish, and there was that one was a little bit intense too because after he got the finish, they were like talking shit to each other in the cage, and you see both their camps like kind of swarming each other, you know, like coming inside the ring. But I think that guy's the same like same area and same team as Habib, so I'm pretty sure you know they'd they be they're known for their scrambles. What was the the fight in the prelims that kind of got everyone the most hyped? Was it the Morayos fight? That was the main of the prelims, right? Cause that was a crazy comeback honestly that shit was crazy that was fucking insane dude honestly like because looking at the fight you think oh mariah's best chance of course gonna be round one round two where he has a lot of energy can throw big strikes and maybe land something big and knock Marab out because Marab is a workhorse and if you give him more time to like slowly grind you he's gonna burn your tank and he's gonna drown you later on you know you're gonna get finished which was ended up happening but at the same time you're like Holy shit, Marab has a fucking chin, bro. Did you see that sequence? How he's like running around the cage after he gets rocked. And he gets rocked even then, like two, three times on top of that. And he's still able to like recompose himself, get that takedown. And then after the takedown, honestly, he was done. Like you could see Mariah's really like having no clear answer to it. So I think they came out into the next round and then that's when he ended up getting the finish. But man, Marab impressed the fuck out of me, bro. I was just like, holy shit, that was a clean ass performance. And to get the finish too against someone like Marais, I think that was his, the the most crucial part of this. It was It's his biggest test and he finally had someone that he needed to fucking show out, show out with, you know what I mean? Because this is like, yeah, like I said, he's an upcoming like contender that's going to be 
looking really good in the future. Honestly, I think he has better title shots than Aljamain, even though Aljamain is a champ. I think Aljamain is going to lose this next fight that he has. Paper champ. He's a paper champ right now. But, yeah, they had to reschedule that whole fight. But, yeah, going back to this card, dude. Chris Dawkins, Mirabdorlashvili, who did really good. And then to go on to see Nick Diaz come back, his his fucking return fight from retirement six, seven a, years later. What a roller coaster of a fight, Bro. too. Like it was he, really good. Yeah, it was really good. But like when when I first seen it and him coming out with that weird the spinning kick, kick <laughs> yeah. and then him kind of just shell up and Robbie coming in, I thought, oh man, this is gonna be over right yeah. now. Like the ref's gonna come in any second now. But then he just started firing back, really loading in on some body shots and ripping. Him straight in like Dude, the ribs, and it was surprising too because I was like, "Oh, he looks trash." Like when he came out, I was like, "He looks a little slow." Like, "Oh fuck," I'm worried about him. But then you start to see him kind of like piece things together and kind of just like put his hands together. And I thought he was doing really good. I was like, "Oh, he looked really good out there." Like for me, seeing it, I haven't been able to see it back on TV, so I don't know how I looked. But in person, I was like, "Oh, he did really good." He stayed in the pocket, really tried to exchange with him, but. I think Robbie was the cleaner of the two because he's been here more often. So willing to be able to like engage in a brawl. And then I think it also fucked Diaz up that I I heard he had like a six week camp, like much shorter and he had like injuries and stuff leading up to it. So he didn't really get to train too well. So I think that might have been a factor in like his cardio and the weight cut and like how why why they ended up doing it at 185 rather than 170. But I thought he looked really good. I was surprised to see people say that they didn't want to see him fight ever again. Like, just at all. Like, even though they were going back and forth. Like, they were going 100% yeah. at, like, 50% speed. Like, super yeah. slow. It looked like it was a slow-mo fight. But they were, like, going back and forth. There was, like, no room to breathe for either one of them. It was high intensity as fuck from the beginning. And I was like, oh, my God. Once he broke his nose, I think that was it. He just felt that. And he was just like, nah. Like, tapped on his knee real quick. And when he fell to, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I think he's dazed. And then when he didn't get up, I was just like, oh, shit, it's over. It's over like that, you know? And the whole vibe of the stadium's a little bit different because you don't actually get to, like, hear the commentators or anything like that, you know? But I I would definitely go to a fucking event again. But going on to the fucking main event, well, also, Shevchenko just, she just murdered real quick, though. She just murdered Lauren Murphy. It was a little bit of a uneven fight but that's like every fight that valentina gets it's not gonna be fucking even She's oh hey bro i have the pocky the pocky one chip oh the you want to try chip. it with me i was i was barely survived that time we did the the last the, dab yeah the last dab that shit had me dying the let's first do time. it i don't know that i'm down we can record I'm, that shit i'm a little girl for spicy food so me, I'll be probably, sweating. me too for sure that's better content right there i'm i'm a bitch for spicy food and i i just seen him across the street and i was like yeah, they've been you in the stores lately. Like, I saw one at 7-Eleven, and I was like, what the fuck? They, they like need a- to make these shit strong, though. Like, you can't just be selling at 7-Eleven and then make it weaker, you know what I mean? Just so that... It could be... more, Yeah, more feasible and, like, people... Because I feel like if they sell, like, a hot, hot thing, like, something that's, like, ridiculously spicy that can really, really fuck you up, make you sign a waiver and shit before <laughs> you buy it or something like that. But, yeah, to go on to the card again, the main event, holy fucking shit, Volkanovski versus Ortega was in insane bro yeah, it was insane i hated it because first round i was into it right i'm watching it all into it but we had taken molly and i was a little I was a little faded you know what i mean so i had the hiccups and i had these hiccups that would not go away bro like i would shit you know i was just like <laughs> the whole time the first round and i was like fuck this i'm gonna go throw up in the second round and i just try to force myself to throw up was able to come back for the third round which thank god thank god i didn't miss that third round because that's the round that he almost got that guillotine in, and he was literally so fucking close to pulling that off. Like, it was deep as shit. 
and then Volkanovski ended up like wedging his head under his like into his arm so he didn't really get to able to like go under his chin and lock it on and I thought Volkanovski did amazing to keep your composure in a situation like that where you're fucking in a soup bro you're you're uh, damn near finished he, I think he was even saying himself in all the post fight interviews that he was that that shit was deep like he was not passed out but he was gurgling like yeah, pretty much on noises. the verge of passing out yeah and, like, somehow still able to tuck his chin under and, yeah I do it, it was crazy like he said it was oh fuck I'm about to lose my belt deep and I was like dude I could see that because like literally you're right there I, bro I swear to God I was like oh shit it's done it's done like you have literally the worst guy to do something like that to you the most he's one of the most notable grapplers jujitsu aces in mma you know what i mean just in general he doesn't just attempt he usually finishes submissions like yeah one of the most submission wins too and fucking his name is t city and he ends up getting a triangle on you later on and you still don't tap you're able to find a way to get out of it which i was like oh shit like i seen a breakdown of everything and like how they they kind of did a little breakdown of uh of how he got out like how Volkanovski got out and like why the triangle didn't work and stuff and i was just like oh shit like i would have assumed like brian would have just locked it up because he locked it up so fast so fast like he just threw it up there real quick and i was like oh fuck i was like i think he has this and then when he started to like go down and and alex sat down like on kind of on the floor he started to find a little bit more space right there but even then i was just like nah like t city this triangle city you know what i mean like he's gonna fucking lock this shit in gonna be game over for Volkanovski but no Volkanovski even, again even to give Brian Ortega some credit coming back after that that round three like yeah. even though he had those two submissions on him like Alex like, got out of those and started wailing some heavy like ground and pound on him like he could have finished the fight right there too like at the end of the round like I feel like uh, the ref was pretty close to stepping in almost did you see though like at, at that point I think it was a third or fourth round I forgot which one it was but at one point in the fight He's down on the floor and he's like, fuck, I'm hurt. Like, you could tell, bro, he's super slow to get up. And Volkanovski's already walking back to this corner, you know, and he's like, he's just like, like, fucked up. And the ref stops it and then, like, they kind of start to, like, check him and stuff, see how he's I doing. I think it was the end of round three. Cause yeah. His team helped him up, I think. Yeah. He didn't get up. And you can't do that. You can't, you can't help your fighter. They have to get up to the stool or they're not able to. If they can't respond and get up to the stool, then you have to finish the fight. And I was just surprised at how much time they gave him to kind of like recompose himself or not to recompose, but at least to check him and see if everything was okay. I thought they were going to call it right there, which I would yeah, not have been mad at. Even even the questions he was giving that Herb Dean was giving him, I was like, he's not even really answering these right. Like, he yeah. doesn't look like he's like kind of paying attention. Yeah. Like, he's still kind of dazed. And it looks like Herb Dean kind of just gave him the pass. Like, all right, for like, sure. All right, fucking like, yeah, Volkanovski was like, yeah, he said he was like, he fucking answered one question right. And Herb Dean was like, all right, whatever, let's get back to it. But even then, Volkanovski was like, dude, I give him so much credit for being out like that, being injured. He broke his orbital bone, too. So, like, that's, like, one of the biggest fractures that you could have in your face. It's like, if you ever see a picture of a skull, you know, how it has, like, the empty sockets. It's the bone that sits along the outside. And so that's why his forehead kind of looked a little bit deformed and stuff. Like, or just, oh, the swelling was a little bit, like, I mean, it was more prominent than any other, any other swelling that he really would have gotten, like, anywhere else. I mean, that don't make fucking sense what I just said, but... Yeah, honestly, I was just surprised that he was able to Even, withstand that and come back and yeah. still do good in that fifth round. Because uh, I'm pretty sure it was Brian. Because I remember towards the end of the fight, like round five, I was like, damn, he might knock out Volkanovski. Like, he looked like he was starting to wobble him a bit and, like, and piece some combos together and, like, start touching him up more. 
But I feel like at that point it was too late. He had too much like out of his ga no more gas. Like the power was gone. And but Volkanovski, I feel like he was on the verge of maybe losing at the end of the. Bro, I know. Were you impressed by Volkanovski? Yeah, he looked very well. I had him winning just because I felt like you he, thought he was gonna win. Like I thought his stand up was way more cleaner, or, like more, uh, I guess, safe. Like he, he doesn't really throw anything crazy. He's always more like a fundamentals. Gotta get him. Yeah. And uh, so he, him coming into the fight, I was like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna beat Ortega just off like stand up. I don't think he's gonna try to wrestle him or do any of that just because of the submission threats. So like seeing the fight, I was impressed, but he did look unbeatable like uh not not ungodly i don't want to go that far but he did look like like there's nobody that can beat him right now like he looks full like well really well-rounded especially with those escapes that he had and like one of the biggest ways too that you would think someone can beat him is well you know they can either submit him or like because uh, outstriking him is going to be tough like yeah, even max like even max couldn't outstrike him and he's considered one of the best boxers even though that one's a little controversial still but like Eugene Behrman, who's one of the most like notable coaches at the moment, he swears that Alex even won the second one. He was like, nah. He's like, if you go back and look at that, Alex even outstruck him in that one too. And I was like, what? He was like, he outstruck him by like 12 punches the whole fight. And I was like, what the fuck? That's insane. But this is smoking from the sidelines. So if you haven't already, go grab yourself a fucking joint. Hit up the, hit up the guys at Blaze Pack. You know what I'm saying? They got that good weed for you to smoke on. This is a, a berry punch infused pre-roll. It's a hash one on top. You know what I mean? So these burn really well. They taste really good. I definitely recommend you guys check them out. They have an Instagram. We'll put the little link up here. Thank you guys for sponsoring this smoke session. I appreciate you, Mondo. Shouts out the man himself. But go hit them up. Go pick up some, tre some tree for yourself. And yeah. But getting back to this. Um... Dude, I just think that Volkanovski is, dude, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat him. Like, if G if he was to fight someone even like Giga, who's such an elite, elite striker that can maybe beat him right there, his takedown, like, I think he's going to be able to take him down and wrestle him and ground and pound. And even though Giga's a purple belt, he's getting better at his jujitsu. Like, I don't know, man. Even now, I, I would say the title, number one title contender fight, I guess, like, going, do they have, do they name that in UFC? Because... I feel like that's always just been like a WWE thing, like a number one contender fight. Kind of I thing. mean, it, it, they never say it out loud like that, but they do say like, oh, this is going to be lined up. I mean, you already kind of know yeah, who's like notable. the Max and the year. Yeah, yeah. Rodriguez, like that's lined up kind of as the next. Whoever wins that is probably going to get the next title fight. And even then, it's like, does Max have what it takes to finally be Volkanovski? Because I don't feel like he'll come in with a different game plan too much. And then, well, he changed his side, game up a little bit, though, honestly. But I feel like either way, it's probably gonna he's gonna try to beat him on the feet, and like unless he can really like evade him and like kind of just stay out of out of the pocket too much and just keep him at a distance, which I, I feel like is gonna be hard. I don't see him beating him. You don't see him beating Valkanovski at all. You don't think even though I did think he beat him, Max won the second one. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him beating him. Volk just closed the show so good on that one, like he because. He lost those first couple rounds, and then for him to come back and kind of sweep the last three, which I thought he did, well, I thought that was the case for how he won and everything. And I was just so impressed. Like, dude, even when he struggles, he finds a way. Like, he's such a gamer and so good at winning rounds and stuff. You know, like, he's not going to do the most biggest impact things, but he's going to constantly land. He's going to constantly get you, you know, and that, I think that favors... In a lot of ways, the judges favor shit like that, you know, and especially in an even fight that's so closely matched, that's just a boxing match. 
like fuck how do you how do you give it to anyone like i don't know you who do you who do you have on um max and yair i want to say yair just because i'm a fan but i haven't seen him fight since i got into ufc and well i think i saw him fight that that's was, crazy bro you saw him fight uh little heathen no, I think I just watched him. Like me, actually watched was the one where he eye poked the guy in the first round and then got the rematch. Lil Heathen. Him. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I've seen. I think since I got into like heavy UFC, but I'm a fan of Yair. They did I, do I like the rematch. How they did the rematch already? How was that? I think Yair beat him. Like, Yair beat him. Right? He knocked him out or something like that. Yeah, I, I like him in, against Max. I'm really ex- excited to see that just from a striking standpoint. How interesting that can be. Yeah. But, yeah. If Max is like you know comes out as Max Holloway, you know he should kind of like not easy walk, but I could see him decision winning. Yeah, honestly, I just think that the Max's style, I think it's gonna be a little bit tough for Yari to figure out, and I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna finish Yair. Honestly, Yair is good. I, I'm a fan of him. Well, sometimes he just hasn't fought in so long, and he seems so unwilling to fight. Sometimes, especially like up and coming contenders, I'm like, bro, just fight them, like. But whatever, they at least give him a good fight now in Max. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, but going back onto this card, we'll move on to this really quickly. The card that happened last night was Thiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. We'll kick it off with the main event. Did you watch any of the card yesterday? No. No? Okay. So Thiago Santos versus Johnny Walker, if I can explain it to you, it was pretty much just an even, not even five rounds. Thiago Santos just slightly edged it ahead. Like he was landing the bigger strikes in between the rounds. Um more significant the body shots were starting to accumulate he was getting like this redness in his ribs his leg shots like you know Thiago Santos right heavy ass kicker kicks heavy as shit big body shots big leg shots and I thought he was doing a really good job and it but what surprised me so much I was like there's gonna be a finish in this fight absolutely there's no way there's gonna be a decision you know what I mean because I was just like there's no way that like these two heavy strikers are gonna like take it to the decision especially when you have a guy that's so wild like johnny walker i was like there's no way nah nah but johnny walker came out bro like way more composed like super relaxed super measured and when he would really try to open up and try to do some crazy shit he would land but sometimes he'd get landed on really big and i think it would hesitate him from doing it again because he's been knocked out and he doesn't want to get knocked out again he got knocked out by Corey Anderson, I believe. And then he also got knocked out by... um, No, he almost got knocked out by Ryan Spann. And he ended up coming back on, the, on Ryan Spann, which I was like, whew, you got lucky, boy, because you got to get your, your block knocked off. But yeah, honestly, I thought that Thiago Santos did really good. I loved at the end that he called out Rockage. Not so much of a call out, like, hey, let's fight. But he's more like, dude, you're fucking boring. Like, you're, the way you fight is boring. He's like, if you fight Anthony Smith again... You're going to fucking lose. Like you're talking all that shit on the internet when you're not even that good. And I was like, oh, shit. I would love to see that fight happen, especially because there's a little bit of tension right there. And he did fight him really boring. Like, Rakic is a good guy. Like I, like, I like his style when he really puts it out there. And when he was coming up, he was, like, laying that shit out on the line. And then he kind of just started to, like, play it safe in his later fights, like the Anthony Smith one and then the Thiago Santos. I thought he played it real safe in both of them. And I was just like not really catching my eye bro like i need you to be someone that like yeah. gets me you know but that's the shit too that you're like ah you want to give people more credit that like put it all out there but at the same time they're winning like these guys are winning still getting their dubs me, in. I'd, I'd give more credit if someone was like that and they were younger because like kind of like kamar usman how he used to be very boring and like but he's had time to improve his skills and so now he's i want to say he's an exciting fighter but he does put on exciting fights like his last uh-huh. 
couple of fights have all been like really exciting, really great fights. And we're all excited as fuck to see. Honestly, his I mean, fight. even now, bro, his next fight, like, I'm so lined up for that. Like, I'm so ready for it. Even though I didn't want to see that fight happen so soon, I'm ready to see, like, so like now, if Kamaru can get that finish again. Uh, Rakic, that's his name? So, like, yeah. He's older, I'm assuming. And, like, so, like, when there's fighters like that that are already older, like, they're not going to start changing it up now. And, like, exactly. you're just going to play more safe if, if that, like, so yeah. I could see him just calling him out just for being a boring fighter. And I'm hoping he doesn't, though, because you have to go into this later part of your career and be, like, someone the fans want to see in it if you're going to become a champion you want to be a champion that fans are like obliged to watch like oh i'm going to go pay for that pay-per-view and get you extra money you know what i mean like we're all going to be so interested to watch him follow him buy the merch off him all that shit it just falls in line with you fighting and you lay it all out there you know you kind of put it your body out on the line which it's easy to say sitting out and watching inside you know but in the moment you got to you got to do big things, but we'll move on from there. We'll go to Holland versus Chris Kyle Dawkins, not Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins is the older brother who fought last week, but Kyle Dawkins is a little brother. He's been having an okay start in the UFC. Uh, I believe he lost one or two fights. I believe maybe one, and then he has like two wins in the UFC, and then this one ended in a no contest because of a headbutt in round one. So it starts off, it looks fairly yeah, even on the one. feet, right? They're both they're both striking, landing nice shots and stuff, and then. Kyle goes for the takedown, and then Kevin does a really good job. Stays on his feet, able to take him, like, keep his takedown defense together. And he even screams to DC. He's like, it's better, huh, DC? And like, I'm getting better, huh? Mm. And then, like, he gets back to the wrestling. He kind of gets taken down a little bit, like, but he's able to pop right back up. Not to the floor, to where he's on his back or anything. In a, in a position that he has been shown multiple times to be weak at, you know? So he did really good to say that, uh, like on his feet. And then once they got back to the stand-up and got started really like throw hands, at one point Kevin kind of swings and he goes over. We'll try to put the video somewhere or something. Uh, but yeah, he tries to like swing and go over. And when he swings and goes over, Kyle kind of like ducks and like comes in. And so when he comes in with his head, literally swings right across his chin, dude, and he fucking goes to sleep. Like he's asleep for sure. He's asleep and he just woke back up. As soon as he hit the floor. But it's a didn't you get surprised? I was like, because when I seen it, I was like, this fool's out. He's out. Like, he literally, yeah. like, flopped forward. Uh, when I first seen it, it wasn't live. I seen it on the social media or whatever. So I just seen that clip of him falling and saying no contest. I was like, oh, shit, you know, it ended right there. But, like, nah, like, he got on top of him and, like, still had some ground up on him and even finished him. Like, Yeah, it's because the ref didn't stop it. it was like, as soon as the headbutt happened... The ref looked like he was going to jump in and stop it. But at the same time as he's jumping in and stopping it, Kevin, like, rolls around and he looks kind of composed again. You know, like, he's kind of just throwing strikes again. So he's like, I didn't stop it because of that. But then, so the action continues and they're moving around. And then you see Kyle end up getting some really nice ground and pound strikes on him. And then from there, it transitioned into him taking the back. And once he takes the back, he's able to sink in the rear naked choke. And then you see Kevin, like, almost, bro, he was about to go out. He looked like he was about to fall asleep because as soon as he let go, he, like, almost stumbled forward and was, like, really grasping for air. And um, after that, you see the light go up on the outside. Apparently, when there's, like, this light up on the outside, the UFC does a whole replay and everything. So the officials are talking to the refs right away. And then the refs are talking to, like, Nevada State Commission. And I'm pretty sure they're communicating, like, hey, they shouldn't continue because the headbutt was ultimately... Uh, it, it changed the fight significantly to where he was literally out. And after that, he was in a, a position that was just like fucking him up, you know? So I was just surprised to see that they did call it a no contest because there's some part of me I was like, oh, they're just going to leave it how it is. But I, I'm not mad that they did this because I, I, 
I'm actually glad they did this, and I hope that they do a rematch at some point. Because if they don't, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, I didn't know it was round one either. I thought it was like a little bit later. Like I right the so end. fast, bro. I was like, holy shit, it was three minutes, 43 seconds into round one. So uh, almost last minute, but the last sequence was like maybe a minute or something like that where he was trying to chase for the finish. But oh my God, man, I was just sad to see Kevin Holland go out like that. You know, you always want to see that guy do good because he's just so interesting. He's one of those fighters. Like he puts it out there, lays it on the line, even though he's like a little bit talks too much shit, you know, I think I still think it's interesting. You like him? You signed yeah, in for I this like, guy? I was I was on the hype train when he when he had his winning streak and then he's been on a pretty bad losing streak lately. But he lost to Brunson Vittori and they just wrestle fucked him. So I'm like, yeah, he's interesting. He brings interesting fights. Like I want to see him fight, even if it's not big contenders. Like I just want to see him fight. Like, I'm, I'm signing on to him. But other than that, the rest of the card was like, like I said, it was kind of whatever. Uh, some notable performances though that I did like uh, Alex Alexander Hernandez. Finally coming back. He's on a bit of a run right now. Well, actually, he's like a two-fight, three-fight winning streak, I believe. He got a finish in his last one as well. He's looking really good right now. He got that first-round finish against Mike Breeden. Dude, I, I got to say, he once he saw the finish, he chased that shit, and he really laid it all on the line. But we also got Jared Flash Gordon who fought Joe Selecki. Joe Selecki is the up-and-coming contender coming from the Contender Series. He looks really good. He won his first two fights in the UFC. Pretty decisively with his grappling but when it came to this fight i thought jared gordon would be able to have a little bit of an edge because he's someone that relies heavily on his grappling too when his striking isn't all there with the higher strikers but selecki isn't a guy that's a very high level striker he's more of a guy that's just grappling dependent he uses he uses his striking to get to his wrestling and his grappling at the beginning of the fight, he had very dominant positions over Jared Gordon, but Jared Gordon was able to get out of those positions. He had a full mount at one point. He was able to get out of mount and really reverse the situation. And although the first round went clearly to Joe, the second round went to Jared Gordon. And then the third round, I thought Jared Gordon ended NGD out as well, doing what he had to do. And he called out Patty Pimblett. I don't know if you know Jared Gordon, but Jared Gordon yeah, called out uh, the flash. He called out uh, Patty Pat. Patty the Batty Pimlet and Patty actually responded to on Twitter and he's like, let's get it. So I'm pretty sure they're going to make that matchup. And I actually enjoy that matchup because it's a bigger contender. Well, not a not a contender in a way, but it's a bigger fighter for Patty to fight. That's more improved, pretty well-rounded and still will give him a challenge, you know, because Jared is durable. I'll give him that. He's durable. His last fight that he lost, though, was uh, Charles. He lost to Charles Oliveira last at 155. But, I mean, even then, you know what I mean? I, I, give, I give the man credit. We'll go out on Casey O'Neill. She ended up fighting uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Or, no, not Valentina. Antonina Shevchenko. She fought Antonina Shevchenko. This is Casey O'Neill's third fight in the UFC, something like that. She's looked really impressive in her last couple fights, really laying it all on the line. She's he grappling heavy as well, though. She's, like, one of those fighters that, like, she's going to try to take you down and try to ground and pound you as much as he can although her ground and pound isn't so clean and she doesn't land the biggest strikes she puts that pressure on people and she gets them in positions that they really don't want to be in and she ended up slow grinding antonina out because at some points i thought antonina looked pretty good with her wrestling i was like oh shit but it just wasn't consistent enough and casey was just on it on it on it all all night so i give casey o'neill another credit too she got a ko in uh round two four minutes and 47 seconds in and then Carol Rosa fought Beth Cohea. Beth Cohea is retiring. Beth Cohea is known for being a contender throughout these whole years. Literally a contender. She's fought for the belt. 
she fought um, Holly Holm. I don't know if you ever seen that clip where she fought Holly Holm, and she's like talking shit to Holly Holm. She's like, she's like, come, come, what's up? You know, like guys are fighting, and then next thing you know, like Holly throws a kick and she gets knocked out. Like, damn, knock, bro, starts. I have this shit on my phone. Can I just show you real quick? I actually thought this was like worse when like talking shit, but then you get knocked out. Oh look, I'm gonna take the sound off, but look, boom. Can't see this, people, but we'll try to put this up there. It's like, what's up? What's up? Get this money, right? Get this money. And then Holly's like, yeah, oh, question man. mark, kick your ass. Boom. Oh. You see that? Yeah, bro. That's that's the most notable thing I know about Beth Cohea, fortunately. And I really don't want to say it like that. But shout out, Beth Cohea. Hope you had a good career in your eyes. And I hope you're happy. Even though you lost this last fight, you fought a really good fighter in Carol Rosa, who looked fucking impressive, bro. She's a 135er. Coming up right now, she's 25, 26 years old, but she looks really good. Her stand-up game is solid as shit. She throws big-ass strikes, and her grappling and wrestling looks solid, too. So I'm excited to see who they put her up against. She's fought a couple people in the UFC, and honestly, every fight that I've seen her so far, her hands are crisp as fuck, and she looks like the more dominant fighter. So last one I'll talk about on this card is Jamie Malarkey. He fought Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith just came back from, like, an Achilles tear, and Jamie Malarkey is a, a guy that's just getting into the UFC. I believe he has a couple fights. And I, you know what? Let me let me make sure about that. But he's coming out of uh, City Kickboxing. He trains with like Dan Hooker and them. I believe Dan Hooker was in his corner. This dude got a knockout in round two. But, bro, in the beginning of the fight, he got rocked pretty heavily. And he was like getting pieced up by Devontae. Because just Devontae's speed was really, really giving him trouble. But he ended up finding a way to just land a big body strikes he was really investing in the body and all that work and then you could start to see it wear down Devonte. and when he was really starting to put the pace up and like really started to put um his head down to the stone and stuff he re- he just put it together like you could tell Devonte just slowly started to crumble and slowly just started to fall apart and that's was that was his downfall he just couldn't handle the pressure but shout out to jamie malarkey we can talk a little bit about next week's card you like um mackenzie dern uh, that name sounds familiar, but you don't know Mackenzie Dern. No, she just fought Nina. Anyone in like Nunez? women's division, I feel like they should just have their own league because they're the champions in each one are just way ahead. She, Mackenzie Dern, if she did fight anybody, I think she would fight. Uh, she'd fight Rose. I think she's that's smaller. the division she's in. Yeah, she's a smaller one, but and then it's like her and Whaley are like I feel like they're just miles ahead of like anyone else in that division and then even Shevchenko she does she have two belts or uh, Amanda has two belts it's Amanda right oh it is a strawweight belt okay okay um Amanda has two belts Sh- Valentino only has one at 125 and then Rose 115 so strawweight so they have the strawweight but but yeah so Mackenzie Dern she's fighting out of Ruka she trains with Jason Perillo she's a jiu-jitsu ace very well known for her grappling accolades Going into this fight against Marina Rodriguez, who's very, very well-versed in her striking game. Her striking is going to be the most dominant part about her. She lost to uh, Michelle Watterson, I believe. But Michelle really, really did a good job of taking her down. I actually got to look this back. Because a part of me is doubting myself and not thinking that maybe she won that fight. You know what I'm saying? Put some respect on her name. She did win. She won by decision. If that makes sense. She was piecing her up. She also 
I forgot about this, bro. She beat Amanda Hebus too. She pieced Amanda Hebus up on the feet. She was working on her. So the only thing that Mackenzie Dern really has to face, like the problem that she's going to deal with is just the hands because her hands are so crisp and she has power behind them. And Mackenzie, if you look at her last fight against Nina Ansaroff, okay, Nina Nunez now, Nina Nunez landed some really good strikes, some really nice counters in the way that she would come in because Mackenzie kind of comes down with like her head almost down, just swinging, you know what I mean? And then Nina, like literally on one of them, she bounced back through that left hook, kind of like O'Connor did on uh, Aldo, and she almost landed heavily on her butt. I give Mackenzie Dern credit because she's, she's a worker. She, she goes out there and she's getting better and better every single fight. So I'm interested to see what happens here. But if I had to choose, I'm going to go with Mackenzie because I like her. But I think it's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a really hard fight for her to win. And then other notable fights in the card, um, Mariah Agapova is going to fight on there versus Sabrina Mazo. That should be a good fight. Sabrina's this Colombian fighter who came out of the contender series, I believe, too. Uh, Mariah Agapova is this beast of a chick who... She's really good with her kickboxing. She's a beast. But the only thing is she has no takedown defense and no grappling. And she, her last fight, she went out so hard. She tried to chase the finish from the beginning of the fight on this girl and just completely gassed herself out. And the girl ended up, the girl ended up getting a finish on her. I think, believe it was Sajara Eubanks. Uh, but some other notable ones on here, Phil Howes versus Deron Wynn. Deron Wynn is like mini DC. He's like that guy that trains with DC. He's like one of his Does prodigies. He, look like him or he, fights like him? he looks like him. He's like, but he's like a 205er and he's short as fuck, just super thick. But he's like a wrestler that was a part of one of the Olympic teams, I believe. And then there's Phil Haas. There's Chris Gutierrez. That should be anytime Chris Gutierrez fights, it's interesting. Go watch that shit. Uh, other than that, I think that's about our fucking rap. Honestly, I can't really say too much else, bro. You have anything else on your mind you want to say? Um, Any sexy uh, stories you want to tell me? No, not really. <laughs> you know, no, nothing. I was gonna say maybe that ho- the Hall of Fame stuff. Who got elected into the Hall of Fame? Oh my God! Well, there's the John Jones stuff. I too, forgot but, like, about that shit. The, there's also the Hall of Fame. I think GSP got inducted. And, GSP got inducted. Yes, GSP and, got inducted. The fight for John Jones got inducted. Gustafson. Oh yeah, that one got that it. One, what else was, was it? Just fight. us two? No, it was. Some, I think someone else, but I know it was them. Them two, their fight, I think, got inducted to the Hall of Fame. So it wasn't like John Jones himself. Let's see. Let's try to look it up really quick. So I can have kind of more of a. All right. So Kevin Randleman and John Jones. Wait, wait, wait. And more. Let's see. Kevin Randleman got inducted. We're getting to like a point where like we're going to start seeing people we know. Mm -hmm. Like start getting inducted like from 2020. Not 2010, maybe like late 20, 2000s, but early 2010s. Oh, Mark Ratner got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, he's just like, um, I think he was like a part of the Nevada State Commission or something like that. And then he Where ended up just helping out. He's like one of the doping dudes. He got inducted. Uh, Dustin Poirier got the Forrest Griffin Community Award for Good Fight. The Good Fight Foundation for doing something good for the community. Uh, yeah, then just a John Jones one, Mark, Ra- or, sorry, Kevin Randleman, uh, posthumously honored in the Pioneer Wing. And he had one of his best friends, I believe, Mark Coleman, go show up for him. And then they also had GSP. Dude, 
I was in line, so I was in line at the event at 266, and we see that old lady, the one that waited outside the hotel for Habib. Or she waited at the Apex or something like that in 104 degree weather for like a couple hours, trying to see Habib, but he wasn't there. So then UFC Dana White ended up hooking her up, getting her to meet Habib, and I think they hook her up like just in general now whenever there's events in Vegas because I seen her the other day. She just like randomly cut us in line as we're waiting for the T-Mobile thing to get in. And we see like a use the guy with the UFC shirt just like kind of helping her out and stuff. And then he kind of leaves her a bit. And she's just waiting in line, chilling. And then when we get up there, like, well, we're just looking at her. And I'm like, I think that's the lady that met Khabib that one time. And I was like telling them about it. And they're like, no, nah, that's not her. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think that's her. And we look down and we see the little Funko Pops or whatever the fuck they're called. The little toys. And it's like signed by GSP. And I was like, for sure. I was like, for sure, that's her. Like, she has a bunch of shit signed, like a hat and stuff like that. And I was like, hell yeah. And then when we got there, I was like, oh, can you take a picture with me real quick? And she was like, yeah, she was super cool about it. I was like, ah, oh, dude, I, I wonder appreciate if, you. I wonder if you're the first person to ask her to take a picture. No, nah, I doubt it. No. I doubt it, bro. Other if people will start to ask me too. Yeah, yeah. Once you did it. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, sick. I seen George Masvidal too in passing, and I seen Jalen Turner too. Jalen Turner's from Fontana, though. That's Shout out the boy. Other than that, it's a fucking right. Oh. John Jones. Yeah. Uh, the Were you surprised? I, I, yeah. I, I was surprised just because, like, he's been relatively quiet. I thought he was not changed, man, but I was like, I mean, maybe, you know. Doing better and shit. You know, finally, I was excited for him at heavyweight, and then, you know, he just kind of does that, that kind of dirtbag stuff. It just got me sad because I was like, man, you looked in high spirits at the event looked like you were ready to get back he talked about his relationship with dana being better and how he was really excited to like come back and fight and then like the story too like him going to the room and like all his three daughters and his wife coming downstairs and her having like blood on her lip and being afraid to go back up to the room and her kids even telling her that she should call the cops and this hotel staff ended up calling them for him to get arrested it's so late like fuck bro like that's sad you know that's just sad to see because you want to you want to hope the best for this guy especially because he's someone that has dealt with issues but i feel like honestly part of me thinks covid's fucking him up too like the whole the whole shutdown thing (sighs) or you think it's just him not him being away from the sport i think it's just him being around the alcohol like just in general, like, no matter what happens. Yeah, because it sounds like he just went out, like, you know, he probably went out to celebrate or whatever, being inducted yeah. and, you know, just drank too much. or like, Just couldn't get a hold of himself. Yeah. Just came back, started fucking putting the master lock on his wife and shit. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's fucked up. All right, no more making jokes about domestic violence. <laughs> but, yeah, with that, it's a fucking wrap. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening to the episode. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Alexa, for being on here today and helping sure. me out this whole little shindig we got going on right here. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this shit. Appreciate you guys. If you guys could, go give us a follow. Honestly, just go subscribe on YouTube. That's it. Just give me a little like. Give me a little thumbs up or something. You know what I mean? Say say we did a good job. Go give Alexa a little shout out. Go subscribe on his OnlyFans. Go fucking start donating. This guy, come on. Cakes. For sure. For sure. And on that, we'll leave it. We'll leave it on that, honestly. Check you guys later. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. We out.
building my name Okay, it's time to pass that crown If I call you my friend and I mean it I ain't gonna say that word too much Never was a follow-up